I'd like to invite you on a walk. Today, there's a rabbit about three meters away from me. I just passed some squirrels. Plenty of birds, as usual, though they are not as quiet as they were a few weeks ago. And they're not as loud as they were last week. The creek that I often walk by is now full of these small greens, green plants, that are sort of shaped in six-eighths of a lily pad with these small tiny yellow flowers. It looks like a familiar plant that I've seen many times before. And along this ditch are lots of ferns. Now both of these plants that are covering this entire area now like a carpet as if someone planned this out. We're not here for most of the year, at least not to my eye anyway. And the trees that mostly looked dead during the fall and winter and most of the spring are very much coming back to life. Of course they never really died, did they? It's really easy for some reason to forget cycles or it used to be. I guess that reason started at school. Now I'm coming up uh, across some plants that look like chard. I guess I wondering if I should try that, but perhaps perhaps not today. I don't think I've ever seen this place in bloom. So it's shocking to see There are chipmunks. Again, not three meters from me, this chipmunk that I'm looking at. Once, when I was in a cedar forest in North Idaho, and I was meditating, and a similar looking chipmunk, but with a shorter tail than this one has that I'm looking at now, sat on my lap. 
The Robins have been here all along in a visually confirmable way. That one that you might have just heard seemed to have just chased another off. I guess he's guarding his territory. There's so much life here, though apparently it would take about 15 squirrels to feed me well. So it's doable. I'd have to wonder at the replacement rate of squirrels here. There's a cardinal, not a meter from the squirrel. He's kind of hanging out. And now he's flying away. How do these animals survive the winter? How do these plants survive the winter? There is a dead tree branch, quite large, that I'm passing a little under. That could be death if it fell on me. There are many tree branches littered on the ground now. There was a storm not so long ago. That looks like an adolescent bird. I guess when you're being tested on true and false, yes and no all the time, it becomes useful to think linearly presumably if you're running a court and you have some advisors in the court you want to make it easy for you to make the decisions you're making by bisecting possible futures should I invade in spring, should I raise taxes? Should I marry my nephew off? It's a lot easier to deal with those when there's a simple, clear answer, yes or no. When I was in high school, I was a student assistant. Which means I got to access everyone's information in my class, help fill out the databases. Well, 
At that time it was just files, still. Physical files. And you had their life laid out before your eyes, so to speak. Their record in school. What classes they were in, whether they are in that class or not. Whether they had passed or not. Whether they could afford to pay for lunch or not. Whether their parents were present or not. Later in the military, I found myself in a similar enough position. Helped digitize all this information. Whether someone knew combatives or not, whether they had been to airborne school or not, whether their vehicle was checked that week or not. All of these make it a lot easier to think linearly would you really like it if it was summer all year round I guess you can go to the equator and find out that is certainly how I grew up and I did not like it There's something nice about clearer cycles. Not to say that there aren't any cycles at the equator. They're just a little more difficult to notice. In times of plenty, we prepare for a time of lack, but maybe the lack is necessary for us to figure out how to grow, how to fit with the environment that we're in, with the environments that we've created. At the moment, I technically have zero dollars to my name. It would be... difficult to think in the way that I currently think to let these thoughts come from everyone else and pass through me if I had unfinished actions related to a larger organization 
with a lot of yes and no's in it. It's hard to keep all of those together. It's very difficult to stay warm in the winter if you behave in the winter in the exact same way that you behave in spring. There is a sense in which the behavior is the same, but the movements are different based on how different everything is. So you expand when it's time to expand, and you contract when it's time to contract, or you are discarded more quickly, you die more quickly. Though the struggle certainly created this. The struggle to drive and push reality to expand when it is contracting and to contract when it is expanding though I suppose it is all expanding and we tend to contract when we sense that the expansion will result in the dissolution of us. There's no water in this creek at the moment. It's dry, which was pretty full and running of water during the winter. So, it's apparently time for it to be dry, though you wouldn't know it from the greenery around here. Probably there's still some water under the surface if we just dug a little bit. These robins look fat. And what are the butterflies doing in winter? I hear more about collapse every day. More about the artificial intelligence singularity. And there seems to be some underlying 
assumption with the singularity that somehow the basics of the universe may not apply. But it applies to everything. And maybe when we build over things, it seems like things don't apply. Like when you pave over an area and you get rid of the trees, that little spot there seems clean, seems controllable. But it doesn't take very much for that to change. A few freezings and a few thawings. And plants start to grow in the cracks. And water starts to erode the asphalt. The hand-wringing around climate change, real or not, does seem to be part of this human hubris, which, again, we needed that kind of focus and fixation on the linear to get here, to drop for a moment, as a counterfactual, the knowledge of cycles. Because sometimes it pays to forget. It allows you to grow in a particular area because you create a sort of suffering, a sort of weight that comes from lacking something in the same way that these trees shot up quickly first toward the light before spreading out for breath So, many of us have forgotten how to move with the wind and to see who has been in an area without GPS, tags, and databases collecting the snapshots of past locations. But all these skills are fundamental. Just as our ancestors are fundamental to us, to include all the non-human ancestors, it doesn't mean that we somehow get rid of our past. We are made 
of our ancestors. So, whatever is descended of us will be unmistakably made of us. And from past walks, you may remember that a collapse is usually only a collapse for those at the top, those who benefit most from whatever pyramid was being held up. So when it falls and contracts, it will contain the seeds of its own rebirth. We've sure gotten rid of a lot of biodiversity. But the energy is still here. We've turned it into us. More than seven billion humans. So perhaps things like identity and mimetic conflict, the jealousy and envy, the drive to differentiate is our way of reflecting the biodiversity that led to us. When you're up, you're probably going to go down. When you're down, you're probably going to go up. When you're alive, 
you're going to die. And what is dead may ultimately be used for some sort of life again. Love the cycles. Surf them. They're yours. And they're mine.